1: everybody. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra. And I'm Andrew Secunda. We are coming to you live from New York. New York City. We're not live. In the house. We're pre-recorded, but we're recording in my tiny hotel room uh, at the Ludlow. It's a beautiful view. We're staring out the Lower East Side of Manhattan, which I gotta tell you, of all the sides of Manhattan... It's the least enjoyable to look at.
0: It is expansive, though. You're looking at a, an expansive view.
1: And a lot of buildings, I would say, that aren't over 10 stories.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: A lot yeah. of low, a low-lying buildings. For- it's a
0: good place to uh, to build a hotel. Yep. To probably what my mother, an urban planner, would say uh, ruins the, uh, the skyline down here. <laughs>
1: I didn't know your mother was an urban planner. That's a cool fucking job. Yeah. That's I'm, great. That's right.
0: She's actually uh, head of the community board down in the village. Oh my and, god. Uh, is responsible for many of the many of the islands and uh and uh, and pedestrian safety adjustments. That's great. She puts in the big crosswalks. Uh huh. Slows down the traffic to the aggravation of the uh, drivers. But you know what? New York's a walking city. So go fuck yourselves, drivers. Uh, you, my mother would be very happy to be on your side there. Oh, uh, your mom and I would get along great. The Matt almost met my parents. We almost recorded in my childhood bedroom <laughs> with my twin bed. But and then decided that Andy's parents might be loud. Uh, my parents? Well, I don't, I don't think there's any question. My parents be loud. Constantly Knocking! What are you doing in there? Oh, you guys recording something, huh? Andy, you're not gay, are you? <laughs> oh, my father would just be more excited to just. Are uh, you got a little ex-
1: boyfriend up there? <laughs> <They're not.
0: laughs> my parents are are liberated <laughs> Greenwich Village, sure. Oh, Andy, hey, you're not, finally happy. <laughs> not, not your Boston roots, pal. <laughs> it would oh, be we, more my father would want to pop in and tell you stories about the old days being a press agent for fox every 10 seconds i would love to hear that
1: <laughs> There's, a lot of his stories are great oh my god i really
0: feel like i should we should stop this now and head over to your parents surrounded um, by my special effects books and my adat, and my what what a what a dream yeah, no star. I don't think. Yeah, no Star Trek stuff on the shelves. No, Andy, you're disappointing me. I think it was all Star Wars. But that's also why we're doing this podcast, exactly.
1: Um, so a uh, lot of emails have come in. So we're having many. a great time with this podcast. So many people are actively listening now. We're welcoming a bunch of new listeners recently. Yeah, and uh, you know,
0: sorry everybody, we're going to get to the third season eventually. Um, the uh. The Hales, uh, the Hales fight has been very, very passionate. Back and forth, right? It's back and forth. A uh, lot of, a lot of, a lot of passionate uh, opinions on both sides, and I wanted to uh, just sort of throw out some from both. Uh, uh, let's hear it from the from the Twitter commentary. Here are the people that have been uh, been talking about having it at the end. Chris Sever- Severson says, "Please not at the beginning. At the start it's the absolute worst." <laughs> okay. Woods Sheramy okay. says, "I really like them at the end, so I can just stop listening at that point." Sorry, I love you guys, but I don't care about listener comments. Solar Brian One says, "I'm so disappointed in the other seven listeners voting for hells at the beginning." <laughs> the Unhappy other emoticon. seven. The other seven. I think it's because we <laughs> we uh, we referred to our eight listeners. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. And Jonathan Ryan says at the end for ease of ignoring, which honestly was part of my thought is like, well, let's put it at the end. Well, what if I what if I compromise here?
1: Oh, uh, and I tell everyone in the description. Yeah. What the time code is. Of the I was start thinking of the that.
0: Are you going to remember doing that?
1: Uh, so well, be one I, more thing you gotta have do? to do? Well, it's not going to be that hard. I can just look down and see what our time I think is. that's a reasonable compromise. And uh, I'll be right on in the comment section. I'll be right on within, within a 30-second time span. So it shouldn't be too hard for people to jump into if they'd if they'd like to.
0: Um, uh, and then the beginning boosters commented. Uh, Cameron Grimsley says, I like them at the beginning as an appetizer sets the mood before the episode dissection. Tony Ellen says, uh, "I wonder if any relation to Doug Ellen? I oh think it's spelled differently. Um, it Has no relation to anything at the beginning. Since uh, they relate to the former episode, also more blabbering madness. No problem, Tony. You'll get it." <laughs> Grand Milf Tarkin, says, love that name. <laughs> Listener content is always at the beginning of a show. It's a tradition. Rosanna Flad says, "Hails at the beginning always end a debate." Thank you for your time. Melissa Gellert. Actually, really like them at the beginning. Rambly off topic tangents are part of the reason I tune in. I think I've just figured out how to not do, how to not pop my peas. Um, guys, every episode there's a little improvement. Um,. It's, and, we're like the first season of Star Trek. Well, you know, it's been said. Yeah. I don't know if I even have that in the commentaries. Uh, Son Azul, these have to be at the beginning. doesn't make sense to talk about current episode and then go back to the previous. That's true. And I think that we found the compromise with my
1: quick thinking on my brain.
0: And then the related commentary on the Hales is CJ says, almost as close as this week's vote in France. He's it's true. I love it. Travis for She says, Will there be an independent investigation regarding Romulan interference with the polls? <laughs> and Tanikaze says, All new jingles must be five seconds or less. Okay. <laughs> um, so keep that in mind. I don't have to be five seconds, but, you know, on the briefer side, probably for long term usage. Anyway, the results of this, uh, hails at the beginning, ended up at 52%, hails at the end, 24%, beginning but shorter, 14%, end but shorter, 10%. Uh, So you would say the majority don't care how long the the email uh, commentary is. So in the end, it's uh, the beginning, people say 66%, and at the end, 34%. It's, uh, it's not close, guys. So we're
1: going to go beginning, and I'm going to put the time code in the comment section. I mean, the in the description of the episode. So that'll, I think, please literally everybody. I'm with you, pal.
0: Great. And thus, here and we, thus we go. We shall open.
2: Captain, Captain, we are being
0: hailed. At the beginning. As it should That's be. Very true. <laughs> um, so... Uh, brad Arrington uh tweeted um guys mvc vote can be split to two crew each gets a 0.5 total of one uh, one per episode uh he says it's dead heat between uh, the captain and the sociopath so it's, yeah. uh that's yeah. where we are um, oh, by the way, if you guys want me to pronounce your name correctly, uh, at the start of every email, if you could just give me a phonetic spelling of your name, because uh, I won't remember. I got face blindness and name blindness. Yeah, I basically I just see the world as as a mirror of myself and everyone else. Is <laughs> Everyone's just like, me.
2: Who's that?
3: Hi,
0: me. How are you? <laughs> Little baby in the oh hey baby me. Now the most exciting thing we we got in the emails this this week, which I kept looking at and I was confused by. Was we got a thing from PayPal uh, and it's a note from Viable Thought LLC and it just says keep the podcast going. Cheers, Chris. And someone sent a hundred dollars to our PayPal account, which I don't even know we had, but apparently you can send it to sttncpod at gmail. And uh, and uh, this guy Chris, have Mietzwitz, you have you
1: signed up for PayPal yet? I not and now I have. You have now, so we're collect- not putting this out here and someone's going to go snag that $100. Oh, that's that would be amazing. No, yeah, I've already signed up for it. So it's our $100, guys. Oh man. Tough luck. What are we going to use it for? Next time a bigger hotel room. <laughs> I'm going to
0: spend it on pizza.
1: We're at the we're at this lovely hotel paid for by my wife's book publisher.
0: Little Brown. Start up a novel, available now. It's coming out, guys. It's out. We went Oh, it's out. Yeah. That's right. I already ordered it. Uh, I, was, uh, I was alerted to it coming. I'm very excited to jump in. It's a quick read, guys. You'll love it. When is the uh, Audible coming out? When already is the... out. It's already out. Out today. Who reads it? Uh, a, a woman in
1: Atlanta who does a lot of audiobooks. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure who, but I'm sure she's got a lovely voice. Why didn't you read it, man? Well, I, I don't. I, didn't, I was not. I never have. I'm not a professional voice person. I disagree. I podcast.
0: Listen to that. Listen to that voice. It's like. <laughs> It's like just, just bathing in a silky something gross. Yep. Um, so, anyway, this was super excited. And uh, the guy didn't even, we didn't even ask for the money. And he guy just gave it. He's like a reverse Ferengi, this guy. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: Chris, thank you so much for that unsolicited donation. Yeah. Um, we you, just—if you'd like to make an unsolicited donation to the podcast, <laughs> you can donate
0: to uh, whatever
1: our email address is.
0: I will say, in the last episode, we were discussing uh, Iverson's disease and assigning each donation <laughs> we get to. So uh, that that hundred dollars yeah, so will
1: go towards Iverson's disease. No, that that one will. But this uh, this hundred dollars, if you would like to donate this week, we are raising money uh, for research on. Uh, Non carbon based life forms. Uh Uh, We need to understand them. And also, we're hoping to find a new planet to terraform. Uh, So it's going to take a lot of effort. Also, get
0: them a saline solution to communicate with each other. Here's my
1: question in this episode why didn't they just go into the file banks of Starfleet and fucking just drop a Genesis device down on that planet?
0: I, a (laughs) hundred. 100%. Seems like a lot of effort <laughs> when they could have just. Watched that. I a was like, Genesis wait a minute, device. terraforming. They're talking about phase one and phase two. It's just like it's straight out of Star Trek Two, which is a century before. Well, it's also like just
1: like the it's it works so fast i mean although it became
0: unstable so maybe that was the problem with it remember when the oh it, was that the oh yeah everything unstable. fell apart so they had but it took them a century they already figured out a thing that like yeah. recreated human life you know at the i don't minimally. know
1: what dr carol marcus was up to 80 years later but yeah probably just mourning the son of her death do you think she met the somebody death of the else son, not the son of her death it sort uh, of
0: seemed like her and kirk were getting back together and then he's uh well then he ended up going to uh to
1: 80s san francisco and got totally rebuked by that one of the most
0: upsetting moments in star Trek history i loved I would it say. i you thought it like, was great because she's like no you're old yeah she's <laughs> like no i just traveled to the 23rd century i got shit to do
1: and it's not you
0: <laughs> that's true the, the one thing i remember is when she there's like the weird scene at the end where she hugs him and it's yeah. kind of just like yeah but like, like hey the, i'm not also, going
1: anywhere it's brilliant acting by kirk because he looks like what's like, going on? Why is this not, what? No, why is this not happening? To me?
0: I'm, I'm James Tiberius Kirk. steal <laughs> <sealed> the deal. <laughs> um, are you t- turning me down? Uh, you're peeking a little bit. I know because so I'm so excited. I'm gonna, I'll take it down. I'm gonna. It's okay. I'm just gonna. Just gonna tweak it down a little bit. Anyway, Chris. Uh, also, on a separate note, he was not asking for this to be read. It's a separate thing. But he says, uh, well, "Love the show." It. All right. Oh, he wasn't asking. No, uh, he wasn't saying, "Don't read." Oh, it. okay. Just, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, love the show. Uh, even preferred to the Nerdist, Don't Tell Chris. Talk salad, Don't oh. Tell Kevin. Oh, no. And welcome to Night Vale. Night Vale. Well, don't thanks. tell. Actually, Cecil could handle it. <laughs> I, <don't> know, Cecil. <laughs> I have a small suggestion to the start of your show. Oh. Uh, and I thought, this guy gave us $100. His <laughs> opinions are now weighted more. Are very valid. They're
1: actually, he's given us more money than either Andy or I have, so...
0: I realize it's funny that I just started peeking when someone gave us $100. (laughs) Um, Swap the emails and should you watch the episode? Uh, It makes you think about the episode for this week, but then you spend uh, 20 minutes talking about something else that's a week old. So then you switch back. Seems to ruin the flow. That is maybe interesting. But I think he's going to be happy with our solution.
1: What's the solution? Our solution of telling people when our episode talk starts.
0: Well, I think he's saying flip... So, it's just sort of like... At the very beginning, I say, is this episode worth watching? I have been prompting you at the top of the episode... Yes. ...to say it. And <laughs> I feel like we're getting too deep into this. Um, and I think he's saying, do the emails you know and
1: what then... He's, you know what he wants, right? Yeah. So, you drive. You drive that part. Let me know when I need right. to say it and
0: we're good. Essentially, what Matt says is correct and whatever the time code is that he puts in... Yeah. Is it called time code and audio? Yeah. Uh, that is when he will say whether you should watch the episode or not and we will be giving chris's request um okay um next email nicholas mcgray or magri I, sorry guys magri is I, it i gotta say that's m-a-g-r-e-y probably not right. what do you say what would you say oh maybe you're right <laughs> <laughs> um, your amazing podcast is definitely a grower not a shower. It yeah. Just gets keeps getting better and better. But lay off to Dr. Crusher Andy. This lady's a doctor flying through space and capturing Klingon polio or Andorian herpes and a ton of shit. She uh so wasn't trained in. It's uh, the great unknown and that goes for cases of Kardashian Kardashian. Kardashian. I uh, somebody accused me of saying that intentionally for comedy in a previous No, he episode. would never do that. But I'm not I haven't even watched DS9. I don't know. Uh, Cardassian clap too um, So uh,
1: What about a Fereng- Ferengi fungal infection Yeah that too What about uh, a, what about uh, Romulan rheumatoid arthritis
0: Are these just off the top of your head Yeah
1: what about uh, uh, Vulcan venereal diseases Wow What about uh- <laughs> <That's>
0: Impressive <laughs> <laughs> <That's> Weird <laughs> Autistic ability you got um, Daniel Hitch says... What about a Species 8... Three, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> species...
1: What is it? Space, species 739? Anal bleeding? Species... Guys, I'm going to figure this out. 8472. Species 8472. Anal bleeding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you're a Voyager fan, you'll enjoy that. I, I remember it. I know. Um, okay. Lynn Perdue... Um, says, Love my good and plenty. A question of industry terms, single verse, multi-camera. Hey, y'all. Yeah. Um, Since y'all tend to do a little... I didn't notice the second y'all. She's from the South. Uh, uh, Tend to do a little inside Hollywood in your critiques of the episodes. That's not a complaint. I actually... Enjoy the granular breakdowns. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind giving a layman's explanation of what single camera versus multi camera means. I understand the definition of terms, but I don't understand how the number of cameras affects a show's production. Sure. I would imagine more cameras mean more setups, which equals more time. But I don't understand the scope. How much longer do multi cam- camera shows take? Are multi camera scripts harder or easier to write? Does the number of cameras affect the tone of the final product? Do certain cameras lend themselves to better to comedy, drama, suspense, horror, etc. I've, have I completely misunderstood the concept? A little bit. But we're um, here to help. Uh, and then just uh, before we close that out, she says, STTNG isn't the only sci-fi show that old people suddenly gain southern accents. <laughs> uh, the same occurs when Colonel O'Neill and Stargate, with Colonel O'Neill and Stargate's brief candle and Crichton, is that you say it, and Farscape's the locket. I don't I'm not a- I bet it's Crichton. Probably named after Michael Crichton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, so you Take that one on Multicam uh, Was invented By Desi Arnaz During the production Of I Love Lucy And what it was Was a setup Of three cameras uh, Shooting the action At the same time So that you could Cut together A performance That is happening Almost in real time uh, So what that means Is a multi-camera show Which is shot Before a studio audience Usually Um is done very much like a play, where you're sitting in front of an audience. You have the sets that are also in front of the stands where the audience sits, and the actors perform the script as written. So a multicam show takes about you know two hours to shoot, uh, and a single camera. It's called single camera, but it usually they're usually shooting with two cameras. Uh, single camera is Everything else. So it's like your dramas, your comedies that are like uh, without studio audiences. So your 30 Rocks, your Arrested Developments, the Goldbergs are all shot single camera. And what that means is we're doing multiple setups for the same scene where we're getting two cameras. Usually one is a medium and one is a close up of a certain actor's performance or two actors performing at one time. We then stop down reposition the cameras to go for like a wide or a close-up on the next person and do the scene over again. And a, sm- a single camera show actually takes about a week to shoot uh, with full days of shooting. It's it's done much more like a movie. So that, I hope, helps your explanation or that, helps you understand.
0: And just to add on to that, the tone thus is, uh, is a little bit more uh, movie-like whereas... The multicam is a little bit more play like, yeah, end, flat feel wise.
1: Great example of this would be to go watch the pilot of Cheers, and then go watch the
0: pilot of Arrested Development. Right, there you go. Thank you for that question. Um, then uh, many people uh, tweeted at us or wrote us. Uh, Daniel Hitch, one of them, um, in reference to the uh, the question we discussed: uh, Star Trek theme parks and. Was one opening in the Middle East, and um, the, it seems like there is a park in the uh, Western East called the called the uh, the Red Sea Astrarium, or in in the park itself called the Red Sea Astrarium in the city Jordan city Aqaba, mm-hmm. um, and it says in um, in uh, in Memory Alpha that the park will open uh, for business in two thousand seventeen. Um, and it's been licensed and so forth, but it also, I think, has been in sort of being built since 2010, and in other in other areas on on the web that I looked up, uh, most recently in 2016, they broke ground. They did but break ground, and there are pictures of the area, but it doesn't seem to be progressing right. necessarily. Yeah. So, me and Matt would be happy to go and research that for you if you could donate to Star oh, Trek. Oh, I was going to say, oh, sorry, and make a trip over there and uh, be invited as honored guests, <laughs> honored, <laughs> honored guests. But uh, here's the thing: we can't even get invited to
1: a Star Trek convention. <laughs> where,
0: where, it, where is most interesting is a uh, King Abdullah the Second bin Al Hussein. Uh, Who's the king of the Hashemite uh, Kingdom of Jordan? Yeah, he was on. He was on Star Trek Voyager in 1996 episode Investigations. He's in a, if I remember correctly, he's in a
1: Sciences Division uniform.
0: Uh, He is. In a sort of a, what is that, like a turquoise? Yeah. Um, And uh, he was a huge fan. Which, by the
1: way, Data should be in that uniform. I was just just thinking that. I just. But I bet it was a color situation. Where it doesn't they were, go like, with the white. The white. It, the, yeah. it looks weird. It really would. Which is actually why they switched the uniforms in the uh, initially was because Picard, Patrick Stewart didn't look great in gold. Uh-huh. So they made Command red.
0: Right. You were saying that. And my other question is, in the later movies, does, does Data moves up to Command, right? So is he in red then? No. Data in the later movies – well, Data is supposed to become the first officer –
1: after Riker leaves for the Titan. Uh Uh-huh. But Data gets blown up. Right. Um, So at that point, theoretically, he would have a command uh, color on his uniform, uh, the command undershirt. He
0: would at that point. Interesting. Anyway, um, the prince, uh, at the time of his cameo, was 34 years old. I would have been thrilled just to visit the set, but this is too much. Um... He. Uh, I would have. I would have loved to visit a set, a Star Trek set. I know, pal. Um, he speaks with Harry Kim in a scene, but he, he wasn't a member of SAG, uh, and so uh, it wasn't in the episode. He just sort of walks away. Um, but that the, all this is the reason. You're that you're he, telling me that they couldn't fucking
1: make him pay thirty five hundred dollars and get in SAG.
0: I have a feeling. <laughs> Based on the the reasons I've been given, <laughs> um, I, I have a feeling that there that perhaps he was not uh, you know it, the, the scene didn't play, <laughs> and so they were like, "Oh, sorry, King, mm-hmm. sorry, <laughs> highness, it's, it's a SAG issue." So who knows? But whatever the case, he's very involved in the making of this Star Trek theme. Uh, sp- Park, which is amazing as a as a fan of of the show, that he we and, and a king that he could have influence over the park, but I just still don't even know if it's moving forward. So if anybody has any further information on that, that's recent, uh, please let us know. Um, and then uh, this is from uh, Stephen Heckert. Mm-hmm. Old business, too short a season. I feel slightly dirty revisiting such a steaming. He says ties of an episode, but I assume he means pile. Uh, must have been a spell check issue. I noticed something about it that reflected what was then current affairs. Have you noticed a correlation between the visiting admiral and his wife was uh, and the key players to the Iran-Contra affair at the time? Hmm. The admiral's wife is clearly Nancy Reagan, while the admiral's clearly octogenarian Ronald Reagan, who slowly de-ages into a youthful Lieutenant Col- Colonel Ollie North. Even the plot of supplying weapons oh, to warring parties is similar to Contra. Um, that was interesting. That's some context that I think probably holds some water. Yeah. Um, oh, and then keeping on the uh, the theme park uh, theme, mm-hmm. Kevin McVicker uh, says, you went on a tangent in When the Boat Breaks um, – Back in the mid-2000s, Carowinds in Charlotte uh, North Carolina had a licensing deal with Paramount and had a Wayne's World-themed area of the park, along with uh, Days of Thunder ride. Oh, cool. Um, It was basically what is now called 4D. But the coolest ride of all was the Borg Assimilator. Mm -hmm. They've changed the name of it to Nighthawk. Uh, I guess they lost it in the licensing deal. Uh, the uh, ride was originally CBS. something else before, the Borg Assimilator, but that doesn't matter. But when it was the Borg Assimilator, the queue for the ride was set up to make you feel like you were walking through a Borg cube. It was definitely uh, based more off first contact. There was a hard gray tech panels with the uh, bright qu- uh, green lights behind. There were classic quotes going off on the line, as well as the Borg welcoming you to the ride uh, while you melted into the stifling hot southern air. The yard inside the coaster was set up to look like a Borg sphere that had crashed there with large pieces of debris beneath the tracks. Oh, that's
1: cool. There wasn't
0: much to it other than the theme around the coaster. I don't remember the cars being specifically Borg-themed, but it was a pretty cool ride for a Trekkie that was a TNG fan like me. Nice, Um, And then... uh uh Jay Coburn writes possible solution for when the bow breaks is there Bow Bow. Jesus, I said it twice. Is he spelling it B O W? No, it's me. Oh, okay. I have weird mispronunciations. I hate to um, issues, everybody. Yeah. Is there no such thing as orphans in the twenty fourth century? Surely they have orphanages orphanages with children that need good homes. I was thinking this too.
1: Uh, that's not a bad uh that's not a bad solution to that
0: problem, everybody. I thought I said it, but I guess I didn't say it in the episode. But yeah, it's totally like—I mean—cure the race, or just let them adopt people that will also get sick. Up yeah. to you, a hundred percent. All right, here's our Google voicemail, um, people. If you want to, uh, if you want to talk to us you to, with uh, your I voice, don't, I don't—I don't have it in front of me. I'll find it later.
1: <laughs> oh well, that we should find. <laughs>
0: Uh, But here is one of our voicemails. We got a couple today. Find it while you're playing that.
4: Hey, this is Sean from Texas. Uh, Thanks for the show. Love
2: it. We appreciate it, guys. Well, I want to ask a, a question. Maybe Matt knows this. In Star Trek Encyclopedia, it shows the rebooted Enterprise,
0: basically Chris Pine's Enterprise, they say that it's bigger in size than even... Captain Picard's Enterprise D. I saw that, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't understand why that would be. Does that make any sense to you? All
2: right. That's it. Thanks, guys.
0: I missed that question entirely. What? I'm sorry? He's saying that the Chris Pine Enterprise is bigger than the Yeah, Enterprise it is. Did. We talked about that. I think we but did. I, that might have been
1: off air. That might have been off air. Yeah, guys. That's right. We talk about this shit off air. <laughs> <laughs> um, the It's crazy. I, I hate... That's my... One of my least favorite things about the Star Trek reboot is the is the scale of the ship being so insane. It's just... And it's because they had to fit so many shuttlecraft in that bay that then they were like, oh, fuck, we gotta scale this thing up. So it is longer than the Enterprise E, which is 700 meters long. Uh, and it is taller than the Enterprise D, which is 42 decks.
0: It's... Um and it's just because of J.J. Abrams' choice of yes. the, yeah.
1: the shuttlecraft?
0: Was that what happened?
1: All the shuttles that needed to fit into the, the shuttle bay. The scale then had to be scaled up for it to make
0: sense. There you go. <sighs> Here's another voicemail. Go. Uh,
2: hey, gentlemen. I uh, really enjoyed the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I don't know if you have already talked about this, but did you guys notice that there are dudes walking around the Enterprise in miniskirts? And I'm not talking about the ladies. I mean, guys. Um, I don't know. Were they, like, way, way ahead of the trans curve or what? Anyway. Um, yeah. I I am listening now. I'm loving it. I'm sure we will all love it even more when everyone is into good episodes. Uh.
1: Uh,
2: But until then, it's funny to hear, especially Mr. Myra, trying to defend something that we know deep down he loves, but these early years are a little bit rough. Anyway, thanks,
0: guys. (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: So that episode, that, that uniform he's talking about is called the Scant.
0: Oh, it has a name.
1: Uh and I will read from memory alpha introduced alongside the standard duty uniform jumpsuit a skirt or scant style uniform was also available to Starfleet officers as early as 2364 similar to the jumpsuit counterpart the scant uniform was short sleeved uh, was a short sleeved dress that could be worn without trousers and included knee high or shorter black boots it is worn by both genders though men tended to wear the shorter boots until it was phased out of service in late 2365 uh According to the art of Star Trek book, the skirt was designed for men. Uh, was a logical development given the total equality of the sexes in the 24th century. The uniform was used primarily by background actors, though Encounter at Farport featured both Diana Troy and Natasha Yar in scant-type uniforms. The latter only briefly, while Troy got a new look entirely for subsequent episodes. Uh, Yar remained in her jumpsuit uniform for the rest of her stay aboard the Enterprise, never donning the scant after the pilot episode male crew members wearing the scant were only seen in a few episodes those included Encounter of Our Point Haven, Conspiracy Where No Man Has Gone Before and 110011001 though the footage seen in the last episode is reused from Where No Man Has Gone Before the scant was primarily seen in the first season appearing only four times worn with black trousers in the second season uh, after its final appearance was uh, in flashbacks during All Good Things there you go that's your information on the scant
0: Thanks. You're welcome, Very Andy. Information. Um, okay, let me go back now. Um, I'm excited to hear what Andy thinks of season two and in the introduction of Dr. Pulaski. I have the sinking feeling Andy will enjoy her hashtag no filter approach to the rest of the crew, especially Data. And he may be tempted to name her MVC on more than one occasion, especially when he compares her to the learning impaired Dr. Crusher. <laughs> Best regards. Gerard Heffernan from Dublin, Ireland. Nice. He's a dub. International listening. He's not a Nordy, guys. He's a dub. Cool. Um, that means he's from Dublin, not from Northern Ireland. I know what I'm talking is about. Is he into dubstep? No. Well, I guess he might also. He be. might be. That might be a separate thing. Um, and now I have a. I have this uh, this amazing thing. I just have to find it. Here it is. Classic Andy. Classic Andy. Um, okay uh, So uh, Hey Matt Hey Andy This will be the last one mm-hmm. I live in England I've been listening Since the first episode I write poems And perform them In pubs and bars And such That's kind of cool Mainly about my life And family But occasionally About nerdy stuff I like They tend to be Just for me So here is my STTNC offering Hope you like uh, Robert Harding Ladies and gentlemen a poem from Robert Harding.
4: Mankind once believed we were alone on our green and spinning world, and then came Zephyrin Cochrane, and the truth was thus unfurled. See, first there were the Vulcans, the Romulans, Klingon, and the Borg, and we realized the non uniqueness of the orb we so adored, but perhaps greatest terror in our trek amongst the stars was encountering the old monsters that for eternity have been ours you see the devil rides the spaceways and the end times he soon will usher yes the devil rides the spaceways by the name of wesley crusher <laughs> Born to a simple mother forced to manipulate those who know her so she'd be unfairly appointed doctor to a vessel surfing supernova whereby he could study the universe and learn how to dominate it befriending warrior-like aliens and those with a positronic matrix yes he would build an army from the blind and the dim-witted he would conquer all the galaxy to demolish and then refit it for the enterprise is a lady to be treated as a love her but he just saw an insect and desired just to crush her yes the devil rides the spaceways by the name of wesley crusher and none sees through his machinations not even the sexually naive captain nor the first mate who tries so hard to pretend he doesn't want to tap him not the emotionally unbalanced security chief nor the blind guy whose eyes are apparently better than the super-advanced view screen is. You know, the blatant MacAfar who'd like to introduce the flagship to his dreams. He's even outwitted the cunning android who lies about his idiocy to the crew and doesn't suspect the young man despite his love of seeking clues. Only Officer Worf has an inkling of the danger they are facing, <laughs> but none will listen to him as I suspect they're all secretly alien racists given time I reckon Argyle would have grown his mistrust <laughs> I guess a yeah. taxi company needed him so he timed time travel back in a rush yeah the devil rides the spaceways and you should keep an eye on him like Russia the devil rides the spaceways by the name of Wesley Crusher yes he's nefarious and he's conniving, and he has them all dancing on his strings. Got them to love and to promote him as he spread his evil wings. And oh, soon they will all fear him, for they will know it's true. He hates each of them as much as Andy hates plots involving Q. The time is nigh, his empire shall rise. Beneath it, all shall suffer. The old child prodigy, genius, devil by the name Wesley Crusher
0: come on that's the the greatest thing ever amazing (laughs) thank you so much Rob I'm calling
1: on any fan out there who likes to fuck around with editing programs to put video to that and get it up on YouTube
0: oh good
1: good request that is just phenomenal
0: it's pretty it's pretty impressive that was beautiful. Thank you so much for sending that in. I also love that the uh, his accent like put me in the mind of kind of like a uh, yellow submarine <laughs> kind of the the images and the so and the an LSD nowhere trip man. while watching animation. No, just just the 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 the, the delightful accent uh, with uh, with sort of the lyrical kind of bent and the imagery and I don't know if it's nowhere man it or listening me, to it or brought me, It brought me to a dark pub, which You're I knew it. Dark pub. Will that also yeah. too? Uh, maybe a dark 10 forward what was his uh, name Robert Harding Robert what a great name for a poet
1: oh John Wesley Harding from a long line of poets <laughs> thank, thank you thank you so much thank you that was great I loved it so very much that was amazing <laughs> oh what did happen there Wait.
3: Closed, sir. <laughs>
0: sir, sir, sir. holy shit 36 minutes I know it was a long
1: one it was fun uh all right everybody the episode this week is home soil if you're wondering if you should watch it the answer is don't very good uh bother it's not horrible but it's like come on you don't (laughs) you don't you don't need to waste your time you can just listen to us talk about it uh home soil production number one one seven aired the week of february 22nd 1988 and andy i believe
0: the number one song george michael's father figure matt Oh, interesting Kylie Minogue still leading the charts in the UK with I Should Be So Lucky Matt Harrison Ford and Mm. John Mahoney of Fraser fame Oh, I know John Mahoney well Starred in Frantic by Roman Polanski, number one at the box office Televangelist Jimmy Swaggart proclaimed between sobs that he had sinned before God (sighs) After being implicated in soliciting a prostitute Bonnie Blair set the then world record for the women's 500-meter speed skate at the Calgary Olympics, Uh-huh. Um, 39.10 seconds. The current world record holder is Lee Sang-hwa of Korea. Um, and Soviet space station Mir marked its second year in stable orbit. And the last piece of information is that George Bush's cowboy side emerged during a campaign stop in Texas. With the vice president, who is seeking the Republican presidential nomination, Don Cowboy Boots drank beer from the bottle and proclaimed, this is my home state. <laughs> All right. Uh,
1: I loving this, George Mike. Sure. I got a text from Scott Mosier while we're doing this podcast. Ooh, is it regarding the podcast? I can't imagine it's regarding Star Trek. No. Oh, it's a good song, good song. It's a good one. I'm going to take it down. Lake Ray, George Michael, everybody.
0: Godspeed, George Michael. Enjoy the stars.
1: <laughs> You're among them.
0: He's in the stars now.
1: <laughs> okay, so Home Soil, directed by Corey Allen, teleplay by Robert Sabaroff. story by Carl Gouers, Ralph Sanchez, and Robert Sabaroff. Here is the synopsis from the Star Trek The Next Generation Companion. The Enterprise is asked to check up on a remote terraforming station on Valara 3 that is working to transform a supposedly lifeless planet into a fertile, habitable Class M world. But during the visit, an engineer is mysteriously killed when the laser drill in the hydraulics room goes berserk. Minutes later, Data narrowly avoids the same fate. As he and LaForge check it out, they discover what comes to be called... A microbrain. They could have done a lot better with that, I think. The unusual inorganic entity is a real life form native to the planet. It's a real life form, rather. As Dr. Crusher and Data investigate the aliens, the tiny being declares war on the humans. By pumping and uh, desalinating the Valarin's narrow subsurface water ecosphere, the terraformers were killing its race. The power it draws is strong enough to deflect the ship's transporter f- beam. Finally, it deduced that the microbrain is photoelectric and a shutdown of power weakens uh, it enough to so that it can be sent home. Uh, it wasn't a shutdown of power. It was really light. It was a shutdown of light. That's true. Why am I taking umbrage with the, <laughs> with the Star Trek The Next Generation <laughs> companion? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the plot. And uh, we will kick it off, as we do every week, with Jean-Luc Picard's Captain's Log. Except for last week when it was Riker's Captain, First Officer's Log. Was that last week or two weeks ago? It was last week. Okay, here we go.
5: Captain's Log, Stardate 41463.9. While mapping the Pleiades Cluster, we have been asked by the Federation to visit a group terraforming Valara three. Communications have been erratic, and there is some concern about their welfare.
1: Mmm, fun teaser, sure, (laughs) sure. Andy can't commit to that being a fun teaser.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's the I don't know. This episode uh wasn't like horrible heavy
1: heavy heavy craziness from Troy, Uh, just or rather heavy. Involvement, input, yes. Let's, it, uh, let's 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 hear a little bit of that. Okay.
5: Change of scene, rest.
6: We have some holodecks which you might enjoy. No disrespect, sir, but uh, we cannot afford the time.
3: Channel closed. His fear is escalating.
6: If you'll excuse me, sir, I I really must get back to work.
3: I sense deliberate concealment, sir. Of what? I don't know, but it's intense.
5: Director Mandel, we've heard of your remarkable achievements in terraforming. My crew would very much appreciate looking around. This is not really the best time.
6: We're at a very critical phase just now.
5: We would require no special attention. I'm trying not to be rude, sir,
6: but this is really very inconvenient.
3: He is concealing something.
1: Uh-huh. It's
6: more than just being too busy. Right. Your announcement about coming down has sent him almost to a point of panic.
5: Uh huh. We can all see that. Uh, whether he wants us or not, <laughs> Director Mandel. Unless you're absolutely refusing his permission to land at your station, prepare to receive our away team. As you
2: wish.
0: Cancel-
1: Why not just refuse? <laughs>
0: As opposed to also, the long it's so conversation unclear what it. he's hiding. A hundred percent. And at there the end, nothing. when it's sort of, it's sort of the take of the the episode, uh, to, or the writer, so to speak, is that he did not know that that the creature was alive. But if right. he did not know the creature was alive, why is he freaking out at the beginning? Is
1: he freaking out because he's
0: behind timetable, and that's what he's hiding—that he's behind? No, I think he's. I think the the suggestion. The suggestion Sorry. is um, that he knows something is wrong with the, uh, with, with the something on the planet. Like, there's some, or, there's some something, whether it's a living organism or it's just some kind of anomaly. And so he doesn't want them to come down because he is afraid they're going to screw everything up after all the work they put in. But how is that a moral quandary or a theme or anything to explore? Like, basically, there's a lot of these plots where it feels like the the people that they're interacting with on the planet are, if not evil, then they have some kind of nefarious side to them. And I think this kind of happened. uh, uh, So what was I saying? You were saying that this guy, this, oh, so I guess this my point is motivation or lack thereof in, in is In the so previous episode unclear. on Aldea, it's like, oh, this guy's stealing the children and he's he's nefarious. And, and then he's saying, screw you. And then at the end, he immediately goes to, you know what? We were really wrong about stealing the children and we were really wrong about our blindness. And, and I have a feeling this is sort of my problem. Uh, by the way, I think this was the last episode that Gene Roddenberry was head writer on could be wrong about that. Is that true? I believe so. Wow, interesting. Um but I it kind of goes along with my initial feeling about this version of Star Trek at the beginning uh also which you'd said which is there's less conflict between the crew because Roddenberry felt oh right. And so I wonder if he felt that way even about the the other planets that they were interacting with that it would be less black and white good versus evil. Mm-hmm. But that leaves you much less room to build the theme because at the end it's like this guy is sort of like i didn't know they were alive and it's like well then who are what's going on like what is the take of this episode on these organisms other than hey guys don't try don't kill organisms right I, I, well the take on the episode i think is all life is valuable right
1: which i think is a is a theme but, thematically it's something we see but over nobody
0: over is now. on the other side of that equation in the episode well the micro brains. No, I'm saying nobody is on the side of kill the microbrains for the benefit of humanity. Uh, it's weird because like that microbrain is
1: an insult that Q th- hurls at I know dwarf. And, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and then they use it as a it's so weird. It's like a weird it's such a weird choice. It must be like a word that was like in their writer's room, right. You know what I mean? It's like, like a room joke some a room, joke room, room insult
0: joke that just happens in the writer's room and, and is not usually does for not air. get
1: to the air, yeah. We have many room jokes on the Goldbergs. We uh, sure do. Which I would love to someday get on the air. <laughs> okay. So the motivation of, of 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 this guy being so unclear is because it, it, I don't know if it's done to lure the audience into a story that isn't there or confuse
0: the audience. That is, I think, what it is. And I think they do that a lot, that they hint at a large crisis or problem that isn't there in the end. And I'm not sure why they don't have it be there in the end or at least shift to a larger problem. Well... mm. I mean, I guess the larger problem they shift to is that the organism is alive and threatens them. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to tie in thematically. Nobody is saying, let's kill these organisms to... Terraform the planet for humans. Nobody's saying that, right? There's no one that wants to do that. Once they discover what's there, they're like, "Oh, we made a mistake. Oh, sorry, we better go." (laughs) And even the organisms are like, "No, you're you're assholes. I hate you." And then we threaten them, and they go, "All right, never mind. You must die." (laughs) I'm sorry. No, 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 don't don't kill us. Don't don't kill us.
1: No, you must die. (laughs) Leave the planet. Okay,
0: you still must die. (laughs) You turn me up. Sorry. What today? You turn me up. <laughs> Why? Just slightly. You're higher than me. I know, but I'm there. You go. That will encourage me to speak at the appropriate. All right. Level.
1: Whatever you need, buddy. Thanks, pal. All right. Let's hear this clip. This is him. This is the word of advice how's Picard how's gives to the away team.
5: Well, I some that tense can be very unpredictable. Stay on your toes, number one
0: so i want to point this out so what, first of all i want to point out yeah. one thing about this shot which is everybody's walking forward i mean i guess there are turbo lifts all around the bridge but it's sort of a weird choice i couldn't figure out why they were having people like walk at the camera at the end of the teaser
1: it is funny because when i paused it you, this is the shot
0: 100 like i paused weird... it and it's,
1: you're getting uh, three quarters of the screen taken up by uh, riker's
0: chest <laughs> And I realize it's because, really, the teaser open uh, should be when uh, Arthur dies at the end of Act One. This is a classic uh, problem that the show has, Um, and... uh, and they don't have anything. Really, really, all it is 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 just Picard saying, uh, "Stay on your toes, number one." That's the only, that's the the blow. This show could and so they have to pretend that there's a blow by having everyone purposefully walk at the camera. This
1: episode could start with that happening. Yeah, and the Enterprise being called in to investigate.
0: That would have been a much better way to start it. And then you don't
1: have to deal with any of the hiding stuff. Although it does play. Also, you don't have to get into that but stupid conversation out, about, like,
0: I don't want you to come down.
1: Right. But it does play out like someone's hiding. It, th- it plays out like a murder mystery. But this is
0: the problem. There is no murder mystery. I know. It's a little... It's a little... I think it would have been a fascinating stooping. thing to have Director Mandel actually, you know, he knew that they were alive, but he'd invested so much time in yeah. his work, and, and, or, and he prized human beings higher... Than these these organisms, I think that would have been a fascinating thing to address and appropriate for the genre. Yeah, I just don't understand. Anyway, the other side thing about this uh, this whole beginning beyond beyond the Diana stuff is, um, what are the rules for when people you're communicating with on screen can hear you and can't hear you? Because at the beginning of this, the beginning of the uh, scene. Deanna just goes. He's hiding something, and there's and Picard doesn't turn off the thing, and then later in the scene, Picard Picard manually closes the channel. Yeah. What are the rules? Yeah, and sometimes
1: Jordy and Data. The rule should be that Deanna can cut out the communication whenever she wants to. She should have hit a button. Uh huh. Right. Just to cut the audio. It should be anyway. We'll get into Starfleet operations many times over on this program, not this episode particularly, but. Throughout the series, a lot of stuff where you're like, what? Sure. So let's find out what this seemingly nefarious gentleman is hiding.
3: Welcome to Velar 3. Please. I want you to remember it as it is now, because in a couple of decades, you won't recognize it.
0: Every woman every line,
3: Gardener of Edens.
0: Commander Every line William this woman says, says in the episode sounds ADR'd. It is strange, right? Yeah.
2: LaTroy, Lieutenant Yar, Lieutenant LaForge, Lieutenant Commander Data.
3: Arthur Mallinson, hydraulic specialist, and Bjorn Benson, chief engineer.
1: When I first saw this and Arthur says nothing, uh-huh. I was like, oh poor guy, they aren't gonna pay him? Oh no. They aren't gonna pay him for a speaking role? He's just there to be nothing. Like really, this episode is about
5: Android
3: and third in command of the Enterprise.
1: Whoop whoop. (laughs)
2: Where were you manufactured Are there others like you Both matters are subjects Of protracted discussion
1: Is Dave hitting on him I think so Excuse me Care to join me in 10 forward
3: (laughs) We don't get many visitors It's exciting to have you here
2: We weren't sure how we would be received Director Mandel was less than enthusiastic About our interest
1: I just got lost in Jonathan Frakes' eyes
0: Sure. I mean, those steel blue eyes, I just got lost in them. He's certainly turning them on. He's turning on those peepers at the at I the mean, I, I don't know if they've added a twinkling effect to his eyes, but I'm seeing a twinkle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so off the bat, I'm like, oh, this is this is the love interest for Riker this week. Sure. And uh, he never gets to close the deal.
0: This woman who goes on this long, dry run in a robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> it is
1: amazing. Wow. Uh, so, Oh, here's what I found interesting. Let's go to when she's showing them how this works.
0: okay.
3: We introduce microorganisms. And when the process is complete, we'll have a lush, arable biosphere.
0: To make it sound poetic?
3: I think it's the best job in the universe.
0: <laughs> that's that's the biggest line Riker gives her because shit, and then it will be a lush, Workable biosphere. I would just it. You make it, it sound like poetry. If you
1: if you pause it at, uh, at uh, I don't know what the time code is exactly, but there's 37 minutes and 42 seconds left in the episode, you'll get uh, Frank's flaring the lens there.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> just he, is, being like, he is full on mugging the camera. Hey, I'm nailing this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sup. Sup, home audience. <laughs> you and me.
1: Doing this for you. <laughs> um. Um, Okay. I had a clip. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I wanted to hear... So, the seemingly evil gentleman approaches. And let's just just hear what that interaction's like.
0: Okay.
6: About having been so abrupt during our initial contact, but being isolated, one tends to forget the social graces. Are you seeing everything that you want?
5: What you're doing here is miraculous.
6: What we are doing here is working a difficult and demanding timetable. And there will be no miracle... Unless Mullinson here gets the hydraulic probes back online we are set to step up to full conversion immediately Shouldn't you be in the hydraulic chamber Arthur Now
0: This is all leading up to us thinking that this gentleman 100% is killing Arthur He could not be acting more suspiciously the casting choices to make us think that he's suspicious all
2: Right Kurt Jordy, mm. this appears to be the master subsurface pump.
0: You're right. uh, by the way, uh, just, to, just to shift into our deep dive on... Um, on uh, He's
1: in a James Bond movie. He sure is. I am remembering my James Bond Russian uh, counterparts he, to, to M correctly. He plays General Gogol,
0: and uh, here's a little snippet of him from A View to a Kill.
6: Kill advised, a calculated risk. Not necessary since you refuse to answer your control. Come to the point, General. You disregard procedure. You did not request approval before eliminating 007. Reprisals might jeopardize ongoing operations. You jeopardize mine. Letting the British penetrate the Siberian Research Center. That was regrettable. Your racing activities attract unnecessary attention, but more disturbing are your unauthorized commercial ventures, and we cannot tolerate that. The issue is irrelevant. I've made new associations. I no longer consider myself a KGB agent. We trained you. Financed you. (laughs) (laughs) What would you be without us? A biological experiment. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I <laughs> no, highly good. recommend, if anyone hasn't heard it, go back uh, to the James Bonding episode where we talk about A View to a Kill. It is also available on the How Did This Get Made feed. We did a live show at Largo covering A View to a Kill extensively.
0: <laughs> um... Such a such a fun such a fun scene. <laughs> uh, um, Christopher Walken, so good, so so good as a villain. It, Just built it, to be a
1: villain. It's, in, it, it's
0: insanity <laughs> that uh, that movie is insanity. But here's the thing. So that's Walter uh, Gotel. Gotel. Yeah. Gotel. Um and uh, and he is a classic. Uh, at least in American films, villain. Played a German officer in the World War II film The Guns of Navarone. Um, Ex-Nazi scientist Victor Klemper in The X-Files, season three, episode Paperclip. Um, The guy is always cast as a villain, so that's what they're doing here. For what? Then they're going to say he's not a villain at the end. He's just misunderstood. Yeah, he is in... uh
1: He's in a lot of James Bond movies. The Spy Who Loved Me, from Russia with Love, for your eyes only. He is the. I mean, he essentially is the KGB's version of M. Yeah. So we see him a lot. Uh, and uh, it's good to see him in Star Trek, but having him be the KGB version of M and casting him in this role, it seems like, oh, well, clearly, if there's anyone capable of murder on this station. <laughs> 100%. Let's hear it.
0: He's in trouble
5: can you open it it's jammed
1: maybe it's jammed because you just kept hitting L cars and communications (laughs) he's dead no he's not Oh right, he's not dead right So we see a Shot of the nefarious looking drill Yeah (laughs) And we learn that he must be being Data
2: Go ahead, Jordy All set Data, we have your section completely powered down Benson has just locked the master servo motor drive system So it should be safe in there now I'm going in I will go with you
1: (laughs) Weird But android-like, so appropriate
3: transporter room this is lieutenant Yar two to beam up to sickbay I want to go we should be with him Kurt please come too
1: this is this is the year he did a view to a kill no it was 85 sorry
2: Transporter room, this is Commander Riker. Beam up four at my coordinates.
1: Uh, Commander, I, I know who it is. <laughs> don't you have to say? You know, when you when you hit the button and you say Transporter Room, it no. comes up on my console.
0: Don't they sometimes say, say no, they it? they always then, say yeah. They just think it's a silly it's thing. A, they don't need to say line. it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, oh, you're hearing the sounds from New York, guys. That's a siren. A real-life
0: New York siren. What did you think of the scene where Data locks himself in there? I thought... Did, uh, did not this laser drill just go crazy when it was powered up two minutes ago? Why did they just turn the power back on? It's <laughs> like, oh, it, it seemed to go crazy again. Uh, yeah, let's hear that. I can't explain it.
2: The laser blasts seemed to end when the yelling stopped. Well, maybe Arthur stopped it, only not in time. Not possible. Then what are you suggesting? Uncertain. Jordy, please return power to the control console in this room. I wish to reactivate the program. You got it.
1: I like the little puffs of fog that are coming out of there. Yeah. It's just fun practical now effects. I'm running the
2: base drilling program. They are off.
0: Data, what's happening?
2: Too much to explain.
0: Can you open that? Do it.
2: LaForge Enterprise, we have a problem. Be specific. Data's in the hydraulics room alone, and we're hearing laser blasts. Get him out of there. It's not working again. We gotta get this door open.
0: You're Data, telling me you can't, we can't lock on? That was a question I had.
1: When I was watching this, I was like, Andy's going to love that act break.
5: Awake team, now! What is happening?
1: <laughs> but they didn't do the act break there.
5: why not? No need to be
1: me
2: up, sir. The situation is under control. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, they end the the crisis. They end the crisis the crisis. The, the crisis um, is then... Um, let me see if I can find it. The crisis. The crisis
1: becomes talking.
0: Yeah. Teen. I think it's here.
2: Are you alright? Yes. Data's in the hydraulics room alone. Data! Data!
1: good LeVar
0: Burtoning right there. Yeah.
5: Awake team, now! What is happening?
0: I'm gonna beam him out of there! So why didn't he think of that sh- in the That's first Lieutenant place? Commander
5: Data.
2: No need to be me up, sir. The situation is under control. Are you all right?
0: No, oh, I was in yes. the right place. Sorry. Well,
2: what happened? Did you do anything which might have set it off? No. But the firing program was dynamic. The firing program? What, in what way it adjusted to my tactics it tracked with me anticipating a fixed program could not have done that are you suggesting that someone was controlling the aiming and firing sequence that is exactly how it appeared
0: but that is not that what a mind it was
2: working against me what did you do to this laser drill a year's
5: work
0: destroyed we could just replicate you in I a new no fucking choice. laser drill bro that is what I don't understand. That is the crisis. That is that is where the big moment happens of like, you've destroyed our drill. They said it's a year's work for a laser drill? <laughs> and the other thing is... Can't you go to like a Space Best Buy or, <laughs> or a Space Home Depot or a Space Lowe's? This, show, this, this episode, they consistently are worried about the terraforming in the planet when one of the people that has been with them for years, Arthur? Yeah. Who, by the way, has an accent very similar to Argyle. Um, he, uh, He dies. And barely anybody gives a shit. Well,
1: I think it's important to move the story forward with whatever the fuck it is that the story is. Which is what? So Data's looking down a shaft. Jordy. Seeing a light. I need some visual assistance. I do like that they never like they don't really they sort of abandon the fact that Jordy's eyes are the best eyes on the ship. Like they I feel like they just like lose sight of that. No pun intended. Uh, yeah. Towards the end of the run of the show. Oh, I, really? I feel like they could use they could, they could use that effect. They could use that device uh-huh. uh more in the show. I agree. What is it? Well, because like right there it's like oh his eyes are better than data inorganic
2: no carbon sandy texture those flashes are almost
0: electric
2: I I see color variations and rhythms and complex harmonies
1: it's almost musical he said
2: Speculation. Could it be alive? It's not be alive, it's inorganic. Whatever it is, it could be what they are covering up. And the reason someone killed Mallinson.
0: Uh huh.
1: No data. They're just covering up the fact that they're behind schedule. <laughs> Something. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Such weird misdirected tension. It's so weird. Uh, they beam it aboard this ship. They put it in a in a bell jar in sick pay. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I have a thing with Beverly at 1623. I don't know if... Um, sure. You want me to jump that far ahead anyway? This guy is... Arthur was beamed aboard the ship. He was still alive. In the old show, McCoy would have immediately pronounced him dead said he's dead jim he would have just gotten there he would have had no chance to save him Mm. in this show beverly has a lot of time in the sick bay with this live person
3: i couldn't save him the injuries were too severe the damage too extensive
0: the entire learning disability (laughs) (laughs) um and uh and um the guy's the guy's PO'd, the the uh, director Mandel's PO'd. He also doesn't care that the guy just died. Well, of course he doesn't care, he's a KGB agent. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I would have accepted that instantly if was he was a actually sl- generally I was a sleeper
1: cell <laughs> frozen in nineteen ninety two, reactivated in two thousand
2: thirty four twenty three thirty four. Why? <laughs> unknown but it is definitely reacting to our presence perhaps it is picking up the electrical impulse of our systems
3: flashes haven't changed Could the hum be connected to the flashing computer magnify what is the magnification 2500 diameters analyze the pattern of the flashes not repetitive or sequential Pattern not recognized. What is the source of the flashes? Unable to specify. Theoretically, not possible from this substance. Disregard incongruity and theorize as to the source life.
0: <gasps> life, man.
1: So I will say, I mean, right now they got to be like so excited. This is the fucking mission statement of this vessel. One hundred percent. Seek out new life.
0: I, I will say I really like this scene, and I I think this is where the show kind of goes. Maybe I'm wrong, but the uh, the the. The dissection, the sort of just scientific dissection of what they're dealing with Mm -hmm. and the discussion and almost having it be that that's the mystery of figuring it out um, step by step. I really like that. Um, And I like how they handle it. And uh, it's just the episode isn't dramatically rigorous. It's scientifically rigorous. And I think that's a great standard thing for the show. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's a lot of dramatic music that doesn't need to be in there. Yeah And although I mean Maybe then you're making A boring program So after Mendelssohn dies The only person affected Is uh, Is the uh, Gardener of Eden Which I think is a Bold state Bold like Job title to Have Yeah Gardener of Eden
3: Is it true? Did you really find a life form?
2: Well, the debate is still going on in some quarters but i think so yes what's it like we have nothing we can compare it with it's microscopic it it seems colonial simple but it's inorganic which is why the recon scouts missed it it was not your mistake
3: Worked so hard for is falling apart.
1: So, Lisa, here's a fun fact about Elizabeth Lindsay, who plays, uh, Lisa Kim. Uh, she is a fellow of the National Geographic Society Mm -hmm. and her mission is to keep ancestral voices alive by recording indigenous wisdom and traditions and she has done a TED talk on the subject of keeping alive uh, tribal traditions and languages that would
0: otherwise go extinct by recording them interesting how cool is that yeah yeah is it possible? That's the way. Reason her voice sounds so so oddly re-recorded because it's so crisp and clear.
1: That I it's mean, <laughs> it might be. It's amazing. I think that that's like the coolest thing I've seen someone whose guest starred on this show do. Yeah, she's.
0: It's almost like she's in Starfleet.
1: Uh, she's in fucking. She's a National Geographic explorer. Yeah, you don't get much cooler than that. Anyway, she's a doctor. You could be an astronaut. I think I think a National Geographic explorer is kind of cooler wow. than being an astronaut. Bold statement. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hate to be there. Uh, anyway, uh, so you can actually check her out. She has a website, elizabethlindsay.com, uh, where you can find out all about her uh, goals and all about the things that she's doing. Uh, she's the first Polynesian explorer and, and fellow in the history of the National Geographic de- Society. Dr. Elizabeth Lindsay is an internationally recognized expert in the emergent field of cultural intelligence, a dynamic, holistic system of knowledge and wisdom based on indigenous science. How cool is that? Good job. Uh, in 2010, Dr. Lindsay received the Visionary Award from the United Nations. I mean, come on.
0: She's preserving the past.
1: and acted in the future. Huh.
0: It's very beautiful. I could arrange for you to
3: see it if you like. Perhaps later.
0: Because...
1: Because I might also have murdered someone. <laughs> I thought some stuff was going to go down when she said perhaps later. I, I don't know. I do also... I like the... Uh, in the next scene... Picard's just like bringing this thing up on the main viewer yeah. because he's like we're orbiting a planet I got nothing to do right now bring that up (laughs) I want to look at that new life form cool let me look at that new life form check
0: it out hey Worf let me look at that new life form (laughs) Uh, by the way in the previous uh, scene when when General Gogol says I create life and then he turns and he waits and he turns around and goes I don't destroy it and then he turns and walks out Mm -hmm. Riker starts to talk and, um, I like that. Picard gives him the hand. Picard's like, uh, and then he asks everybody else, "What do you think?" Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really interesting.
1: Uh, let's let's see the so the life form starts to reproduce. Okay. Activate quarantine field. Quarantine
3: field full. Full shield backup. Evacuating lab. Translation request being patched.
5: Translation from whom?
3: Evacuate.
1: I disagree with her evacuation What's wrong right with there.
3: The translator,
5: sir? Bridge. This is the captain. Request emergency power to initiate lab quarantine seal doing, Mr. Warren? Aye, sir. What's the nature
1: of the problem? Uh, uh, why is the captain requesting something?
0: What do you mean? He should just order it. Oh. <laughs> that's that's totally reasonable. <laughs> it's
1: like, uh, hey, guys, you mind if I could get a little more power down here for quarantine? He <laughs> should just be like... More power to the more thing. More power to the, yeah. to the medical
0: bay for quarantine. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy oh, boy. By the way, the... Uh the, well, I guess we'll get to it later But uh, that translator thing is going to tie into a theory later Just keep an eye, eye on sunlight
2: it Sunlight bouncing off new falling snow What did you think it was?
0: This
1: is their description Honestly, of what did these things we not slides.
2: give it any
6: thought Picard, I must Point out again That we were assured Not once but many times By the best scientific minds in the Federation That this planet has no life no
0: life. Oh, that seems reasonable. And we were not looking. And therefore we did not see. And therefore we are not guilty and never have been. Well, again, this is just like totally untying the first three acts of this show. 100%. It's so weird. I think what they were thinking was that it's the the microbrains, they keep calling them. Such a um, stupid name. That is the mystery. They're untying it because the murders are the microbrains. But then in the end, even the microbrains are sort of justified because they're just defending themselves. So right. all the dramatic tension is released from both the side of, oh, are the humans ignoring these living organisms so that they can carry out their own, their own ends, which is, uh, which is immoral? No. Are the microbrains killing people? In in a way that really would put us at war. No, they were just defending themselves. So the whole thing is just kind of like, oh, all right, I guess everybody understands each other. It's so weird. It's a it's a weird plot device. Here,
5: let's. At first, you dismissed it, but then you began to understand that there was something that was different about them. You can't know that. Our apprehension suggested it when we first arrived. Sure did. Tell me about these patterns. At first we thought it was just a natural phenomenon unique to Valara
2: 3. Refraction
6: in a thin atmosphere is interesting, but certainly not life.
3: Why was I never told about this?
6: Because it's not particularly important.
2: As the building of the terraforming station went forward, the patterns in the sand ceased being random. They became very specific. Geometric shapes suddenly appearing, disappearing,
5: Changing location, changing size Did you ever feel That these patterns Were attempting to communicate
1: No, never I disagree
2: I don't know At the time, I didn't think so But now after hearing what you just said
5: Now
1: I don't know Captain What do you think of his acting? I think he's doing a good job. Interesting. He's because the dialogue he's being given. Yeah, I accept that is schlocky. Right. He's putting a lot. And into he's it. really
0: like trying to yes. Emote these feelings, and it doesn't really add up. He was flipping out about the laser drill before, and now he's sort of like, like processing stuff. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's going going doing a good something. job. I did a something. deep dive on him. There was nothing that big other than he was in uh, Bachelor Party. He was not awarded any uh, uh, prestigious
1: awards by the UN. Uh, in he, he didn't <laughs> Sorry, imp- pal. He, he didn't appear in James Bond movies. <laughs> no. With uh, four James Bonds. <laughs> Everybody doesn't get to be a
2: hero. <laughs>
0: That's too bad. <laughs> he only had about four credits. On my way. The one I was really interested in was Arthur. Data, you've got Arthur. the bridge. Inform the captain. Why? Why don't you inform the captain? Status,
3: incident. The quarantine seal is getting weaker, sir.
1: He just came out of the rarely used hallway that existed in engineering uh, in the first season. There's a hallway that comes out behind... Between the pool table, as they call it, uh, which is the this main control station... And the warp core, there's a hallway that comes this way that's connected to the corridor. You never see it again until Star Trek Generations, when they were able to remove that wall and bring that corridor in. Interesting. Weird fact of the set, and uh, probably interesting
0: to literally no one. Um, I'm sure it's interesting to someone. Uh, by the way, that ensign in engineering uh was also in uh She's credited as Lady Engineer. Yeah, Lady Engineer. No female engineer, right? Female engineer. Right. Was in Metro was a uh, in um, uh, the uh the original series episode uh um, Arena as a Metron. I love a Metron. Uh, but more interestingly to me, uh she uh clearly is replacing Guy. <laughs> they just threw somebody in there. Well, after that letter-writing <laughs> campaign.
3: Every time I try to redirect backup, it goes somewhere else. I think i no, no. It's it's locked. Three people on a turbolift, and two more in the programmers' restroom.
1: Have that reading. It's the only mention ever of a Star Trek restroom.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Right, there is no seal. Give me lab interior image.
3: Yes,
5: sir. Enhance. Picard, this is Riker. We see it too, number one.
1: Now it's like acting Can like that a seal back up? Tesla coil.
3: Sir, no matter what I do, the energy goes somewhere else. What if it hits the sick bay or or nursery?
5: Hold off. Impossible, Captain. We haven't got the power. Captain's log, supplemental the life form which has significantly increased in size is again attempting to communicate with us
2: the universal translator is coming online sir
5: ugly ugly giant bags
2: of mostly water
5: bags of mostly water an
2: accurate description of humans sir you are over 90 percent water surrounded by a flexible container
0: so, uh, <laughs> if I might, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is clearly, as I've said in previous episodes, uh-huh. um, the Universal Translator is choosing to say these things, and this to translate it in this way, and this sort of led me, Matt, to a theory. Oh. Where are all the bathrooms at? Let an android have a cat. Just pretending to be so dim. No one knows the answers, least of all him, it's Andy's the So, um, in the episode where I translated, uh these these binary races just i don't know binars
1: <laughs> they're from
0: binus i figured well it's it's minimally it's just lazy and didn't doesn't give a fuck uh-huh but i think the larger the larger theory i have is the universal translator is a total dick <laughs> it translates what this new race is saying as ugly giant bags of mostly water that's what it's really saying <laughs> my take is the universal translator completely resents the fact that it has to translate every fucking thing every creature says to these humans sometimes even if it's operating from zero in terms of understanding their language it must employ a tremendous amount of subjectivity Mm. Uh, thus you would say that it has artificial intelligence and that artificial intelligence in my opinion is a giant dick bag what if the
1: this uh, artificial intelligence you speak of, the Universal Translator, what if it fucks with the humans more than they realize and it is responsible for the Cardassian War? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, the Cardassians theoretically are speaking Cardassian and you are being heard through the Universal Translator. Sure. So... It could just be making the Cardassians seem like a dick when the Cardassians are constantly saying to the Federation, why can't we just be friends? (laughs) And then the universe translator is like, I will wipe the face of the Federation. I will drag the hull of the Enterprise through here like a war trophy. I don't know
0: what their problem is. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense to me. There you go. Great theory, Andy.
4: Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart.
1: you go ugly bags of mostly water so it's now communicating Mm -hmm. and it should say hey uh, we're intelligent and then Picard should say oh my god so sorry let's put you back and we'll leave your planet forever maybe that is what it's
0: saying (laughs) the universal translator is like no now you have war Picard if it
5: did try to communicate with us we didn't understand that it has declared a state of war and we are on the defensive we have no control over our medical lab, not our computer. At this moment, it has the power to destroy this ship and everybody on it. I need your help. Unbelievable. It does he say? Were that? trying to kill some of them. I need to know how.
0: Why does he say what? Unbelievable? He says, now I need your help. Unbelievable. Why does he say unbelievable? I think he's saying unbelievable as to the situation that they're all in. <laughs> I see. Okay. Right? I don't know. It felt like he's saying it I to
5: Picard. Know. What was Mallinson doing when he was killed?
3: There is a very thin layer of highly saline water under the sandy top soil. He was siphoning that off. Perhaps somehow that saline water sustained them.
2: It connected them.
3: I don't understand. The microbrains may be like our own brain cells. Individually, a cell has
2: life but not
3: intelligence. (laughs) Yet when interconnected,
6: their combined intelligence is formidable.
2: The saline fluid is their circuitry. And to prevent its loss, they killed Mallinson.
3: if we had continued to remove that water we would have destroyed them all
1: reason enough for anyone to go to war don't worry by the uh, early 90s America will start destroying the malls (laughs) (laughs) there's no more malls Andy (laughs)
2: Captain it's happening again I think you'd better get in here (laughs)
1: when <laughs> we come in, Riker's dick is hard <laughs> God damn it, Will! <laughs> Every time <laughs> Captain, it's happening again You better get in here
0: Make use of it, Captain
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa It's just turned into a giant crystal We'll
5: tear up the Enterprise What can you determine, Mr. LaForge? Captain.
2: Our sensors indicate that the microbrain expends a tremendous amount of energy during its reproductive cycle. Yet there is no discernible power drain on our own systems. Then what is feeding the damn thing? We found traces of cadmium salts. Now cadmium is a conduit for converting infrared into electricity.
5: Meaning? Meaning the microbrain might be photoelectric. Kill the lights in the medical lab, Mr. LaForge.
0: If it's photoelectric, how does it exist under the soil? I think that she says at some point that it exists on a layer of the soil where they still can... Get light? Yeah. Let's see if darkness will neutralize it. Uh.
3: Sorry, sir. It still has control of the computer. We can't do it by remote.
0: Also, you're at the
1: helm of LaForge. You shouldn't be over there for this control input. (laughs) Why don't you slide over?
3: The life form must have evolved at that narrow layer where the light got through the sand to the water. Drop the water a centimeter below
1: the light penetration level. I gotta tell you, this always is, sounds this like she's is, talking from another room. This is about where I fell asleep, but I rewatched, so right. I like. I feel like that was like the two seconds I missed of this episode. It's
0: a very boring episode. Well, it's very... I had also just taken a
1: red eye. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it was watching this in my hotel, and but I mean, it's,
0: it's very interesting because it has all these sort of uh, signposts of stuff happening but it's it's very interesting sort of a suggestion of the power of the dramatic kind of substructure of an episode where it's like well what is what is the episode saying what are we supposed to be following because it has the music and it has stuff happening and but it's like the whole time i'm just like i don't know what i'm i don't know where we're going
1: it is disjointed to say the least it's a very disjointed episode Mm-hmm. Um, Storytelling-wise. I find that it is so...
0: It's not bad. I mean... No, there's a lot of smart ideas. ideas. Yeah, it's not bad. And it the fact just, that they discover this, this creature... And it just combines for something that's not that interesting. It's interesting how many of these episodes... The essential concept beneath it Or some of the ideas Like they had the Great Atlantis thing yeah. The previous one Or you could have done the children thing Like the setups are sound And then they don't carry it through And say and that's where we're landing at the end It's very odd And I wonder if that's the lack of uh, You know the, sh- the sh- you know, Gene Roddenberry being sure handed or, or it could have been the writer's strike Or it could have been the writer's strike Or it could have been Gene Roddenberry's lawyer Jane Rodberry's lawyer. I, like I don't it. care. I don't care if it ends in any kind of sensible place. We should. I think people maybe, just want to watch effects.
1: Maybe at the end of this, after we do the Andy's awards, yeah, we'll do the chaos and creation on the bridge. Awards, not awards, but we'll we'll watch that documentary. Oh, sure. And talk about it. That's a good idea. Ha- having now experienced the first season together, and I'm getting like it's we're seven. We're at episode seventeen, so we're like eight away from being done with this season yeah which is very exciting to me i think if you have any it's getting to be that time if you have any categories we're two months away from it if you have any categories or suggestions for what we
0: should do for the andes please send those in to us and if possible uh send clips of the shows or give us time codes of what episodes yeah and we can pull if we need if you need clips for that um
1: yeah, but I mean, we're, we're looking for category ideas, uh, anything you think we should do for the Andes, um, which again, if you're unfamiliar with it, the Andes are the theoretical award show we'll have at the end of each season where we award trophies called Andes. <laughs> it's called the Andes. So this one will be the first annual Andes. Uh, after every season, we're going to do the second, third, fourth, fifth annual, so on and so forth. Uh, we're going to try to get some awards
0: music. What should the award look like? We're going to really
1: produce it
0: should nicely. It, should it be you and I like that uh, fan sent in to sort of uh, just in on the, on the bridge kind of trying to podcast? I think it would be funny if we if we had the awards made and then sent them to
1: whoever won them. That would be great. <laughs> what the hell is this? If you'd like to
0: help fund the Andes, you can donate to us. Uh, st- <laughs> What's our email address? Uh, it is uh, sttncpod at gmail.com. So email us your suggestions there. Put in the subject line, the Andes.
1: A-N-D-Y-S. The Andes. Yes. Um, Andes Mints, uh, official provider of Andes gift
0: <laughs> <gifts>. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Don't really have a... Do you have any do you have any uh, no you have, writing in?
1: Well that's okay. Do you have any clips? You any other clips you'd like to play? Because yeah. I feel like we're just about wrapping up on this. Uh, I'm
0: I think I'm I think I'm
1: done. Okay, well let's just hear the end here.
0: Okay.
3: Apologies.
5: And respects. Lieutenant Yar.
3: Coordinate said, sir.
5: Energize. Captain's Log, stardate 41464.8. I have declared an indefinite quarantine for Valara 3, and we are now returning to Starbase with the three surviving terraformers. Perhaps the lesson we have learned from this near tragedy will prevent it from happening elsewhere.
1: (laughs) What? (coughs) I'm so confused by that. What do you mean? You're saying that there's other fucking planets with this life form on it you never know also how do they like what is a 300 you know they say 300 years like maybe in 300 years i will trust you uh how long is a year to these creatures
0: yeah that's true what if they get back to us next week what yeah what if a year is
1: uh four days (laughs) Uh, what's happening there i'm sorry i'm sitting up it was so weird and again, you're hearing the sounds of New York. You're hearing an ambulance drive by. there's a lot of happening. Dr. Crusher is uh, on her way to some away team mission. What was that exhale? Andy, that was so sad. Uh, I'll read now the uh, other part of the Star Trek companion, the little dips and doodads, the trivia, if you will. Okay. The story's theme of unintended destruction echoes that of original Star Trek's Devil in the Dark, in which a silicon-based mother creature attacks the miners who are unknowingly taking her eggs.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. The Horda.
1: This uh, TNG, however, was a lackluster show, which Hurley recalls as the one where just about everything that could have gone wrong did, including pages having to be rewritten the day before shooting. And the best thing this episode has going for it is an explanation of terraforming and the Valarans' name for humans, ugly bags of mostly water. Uh, Walter Gotel, who plays Mandel, will be remembered as General Gogol in the James Bond films. An unused matte painting of Valara 3 station, complete with parked shuttlecraft, was prepared by Andrew Probert.
0: You know what I'm also realizing? The... um the the plot of we're using these creatures for our own ends, or we've is is played out in Farpoint too. The Creatures they're trapping to make them serve the the planet, but um, but that was even that was a clearer um, storyline. That yeah, uh,
1: I agree, totally agree. Uh, so that does it for this episode it is now time for us to get to some business we like to get to after every episode uh, first of which is the MVC
0: so um, this is what I was just trying to queue up uh, we got uh, an email uh, that said I recorded a jingle for the, M- the MVC segment mm-hmm. no ill will towards the existing ones feel free to use it however you want and or also don't uh, also, uh, I did both record guitar and vocals um, Even though I did, I don't probably res- deserve much credit for it Matt will know why I, I, I was not familiar with the clip, so you'll have to say But that is from uh, Dr. Boner Wizard, MD <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Boner Wizard Thank you, Dr. Boner Wizard And here is his theme
1: <laughs> that is the guitar part for "Say Goodbye" by the Dave Matthews Band, track number six off of
0: Crash. Well done, Matt. You're very welcome. That was and, uh, that was lovely, and well done, Doctor Boner Wizard.
1: <laughs> uh, if anyone. Cares to know what I'm talking about? I could play actually uh, the an acoustic version of that, which will you'll hear uh, very. <laughs> See.
6: So here we are tonight. You and me together.
1: This is the only podcast I've ever gotten to play Dave Matthews on.
0: I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, If you want to play Name That Tune with Dave Matthews' guitar parts, uh, bring it.
0: You know, I feel like Dr. Boner Wizard's version is just different enough that we might maintain the rights to that... uh to that theme
1: <laughs> <laughs> it also falls <laughs> under parody uh, so Andy uh, very difficult MVC this definitely, week definitely very difficult I mean, there's so many players in this uh, you have your 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 datas your your crushers your Picards your Troys
0: all uh-huh. playing a part in saving the ship this week I think Troy was was much more useful than usual in terms of dissecting mm-hmm. what was going on with Director Mandel, uh, even though <laughs> nothing was going on with Director Mandel, so yeah. I guess you got to throw her. So out. we're eliminating her. Okay. okay. We're whittling it down. Then Data. Uh,
1: go ahead. Data. Yeah. No, I was going to ask the, you. Yeah, the laser data, drill. Data fights a laser drill. Data uh, makes the scan to realize that that, that thing might be living. Uh-huh. Uh, gets it beamed up to the ship presupposes that it might be photoelectric
0: with, along with Geordie. That's true. Yeah, the photoelectric thing is kind of the that's heart of it. That's kind of the solve. But wait, doesn't hmm, that's interesting because I was going to give the photoelectric call, which is really the, the, the single call that saves the ship in that moment yeah. to Picard. But you're, you're saying it was data because he makes the call, but it's data that basically analyzes that they're light-based. So he doesn't it's Data and Geordi With the mm-hmm. discussion They both They He's saying that Oh it is Uh Photo We think it's We think it could be Photoelectric and If you're then, gonna play that scene I think you should Because that's the one moment Where I'm not sure I So in my head It was sort of a card Okay so Let's uh Let's Let's hear again
1: What happens When When LaForge uses The wrong control panel To try to cut the lights <laughs> Uh Let's see, let's see. I'm sorry, I have to find it because I wasn't prepared to play this clip. Sure. Um.
2: It does seem dormant, Captain.
0: Asha.
5: Set coordinates to beam it back where it came from.
0: This is after they turn it down. No, this is before. Oh, they this tried. Up, to. It will tear
5: up the enterprise. This is it. What can you
2: determine, Mr. LaForge? Captain! Our sensors indicate that the microbrain expends a tremendous amount of energy during its reproductive cycle. Yet there is no discernible power drain on our own systems. Then what is feeding the damn thing? We found traces of cadmium salts. Now, cadmium is a conduit for converting infrared into electricity. Meaning? Meaning, the microbrain might be photoelectric.
5: Kill the lights in the medical lab, Mr. LaForge. And see if. Die-
1: that's, that's where they figure it out. It's a three-teamer. It's a three-hander.
5: Hmm.
0: I mean, you could say, basically, when Data and Jordy are telling him that stuff, I that think, they basically already know that I think that's, that's the, the answer. answer. And I think that
1: that is why, for MVC, I'm going to have to say it's LaForge and Data. Oh, going, to our, going to our emailer's input of us getting .5. Right. So we can give it to two people. We can spread out one across two people. So, but even that, even though I wasn't preparing to do that, after having thought about it, I think it's going
0: to go to Jordy and Data. I think I got to agree with that. By the way, other people have disputed it and said it should be two. I, I don't think Matt and I have a strong opinion about how the the rating system works out. So I would just say any any of the people who were working on spreadsheets and stuff, uh, which there seem to be a couple, uh, so we're really appreciative. Um, uh, you just decide for yourself. I have a feeling all the math will come out the same. <laughs> By the way, I know nothing about statistics. Yes. Uh, nor rating systems. There's a lot Andy doesn't know. Depthful. There's also a lot he does know. I, uh, You know, I have my own little areas of expertise, which are, you know, where to get good pizza, which Matt and I are going to do later. I'm taking them uh, to Jafar's. I'll let you know and uh, he almost uh, didn't want to do it and I said uh, yeah, almost I still don't want to do it it's very far it's very far I'm it's out deepest Brooklyn m- I'm looking out into Brooklyn now and, and I- you gotta wait a long time once you get there and he's, he's less interested all the time and I, I okay. stand by my opinion I've been to Italy I've been to Naples every, every aspect of this this is like the best no pizza in the way. world there is no contest. Okay.
1: Well, Andy, uh, am I forgetting anything else? What else do we have to do before we wrap it up?
0: Well, we haven't uh, We haven't done this. Oh, my God. The
1: Or some other method of ranking. We're working
0: on it. That's right. It's time for
1: the individual Andes, which we award every episode by saying how many Andes we give this episode. I usually go first because Andy likes to see where he's at before
0: I... I don't mind going first this week. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Uh, it's Explain not yourself. horrible. Yep. It's, uh, you know, well done enough. But in the end, it's kind of pointless, mm-hmm. this episode. Like, it's, you know, it's got a couple of things. A little laser drill running around and uh, calling them ugly bags mostly water. Giant, ugly giant bags. Everyone forgets that. Ugly
1: giant bags. They say giant, and every time I see it quoted, be it at Star Trek conventions, on bumper stickers, or whatever, no one says giant. Yeah. So it's ugly giant bags of mostly water. Fair enough. Um, Andy, you're giving it two. Uh, I am going to go ahead and give it a Uh 2.5. Uh-huh. giving it the extra half point because uh, of the lineage of acting that is on this, up to and including... Uh, uh, General Gogol. General Gogol. I mean, come on, Walter
0: Gattel, G-
1: R- Gottle, Godel? Godel. Godel. Godel Anyway, that's why I, I give it a little bump because I think that all of the guest acting, the three core guest actors, uh-huh. up to it, including the the dead gentleman. I think he did a fine job, also. Yes, Arthur. I think all. I'm giving the guest cast that extra bump, that point five bump.
0: Uh, I think that's fair. Two point five for me so there you go folks and uh, the only thing left is to take a look at uh, what we'll be watching next next week
1: week. coming of age
0: and I have it there There it is is.
5: next time on Star Trek the next generation bring that ship back at once I've lost power the captain struggles to save a runaway shuttlecraft
6: may you all do your best
5: and Wesley meets the ultimate Starfleet test.
2: Look are us, to Come on!
5: Now, both face the toughest challenge of their lives. Pull up hard! Six seconds to impact. I'm going to crash. On Star Trek, the next generation.
1: An action-packed episode. Wow. I have, again, no recollection of this episode. Really? So my uh, answer to those of you out there who are asking, should I watch this next episode? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Boy, we really did it, Andy We did a whole episode in New York We sure did Only had to pause once so I could pee Yep um, And uh, generally, I think, had a great time Is this
0: our first... Um, it's our first road show First road show Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Done in a very, very small hotel room uh, If you're, if you're in staying in the Manhattan. Ludlow, be
1: aware that uh, the basic room, real tiny Yeah, we tried to get a different room. When my wife checked in But uh,
0: unavailable No other rooms available However uh, Right across the street From Katz's Delicatessen Get yourself some Some of the best pastrami In the world uh,
1: Also go to Jona Schimmel k- knish And get yourself A fucking cheese knish which no, actually your I'm gonna, first knish I'm gonna actually Make Andy do that Before we go Get pizza No we're not gonna do that It's
0: right there You wanna save your Appetite I'm telling you How much pizza Could we order How good was that knish Was it that good uh, It was such a It was like I would describe it as I ate
1: it. I bit into the cheese one. Uh-huh. It was a cherry cheese one. Okay. I bit into it and I was like, "Holy fuck! What is going on in here?" And I'm like looking at the composition of it. I'm like, "Am I eating like a cheesecake wrapped in pastry?" Like that's, I didn't. I was nice. biting into it again. I was like, "No, I'm eating a block of cream cheese with cherry in it. This is delicious." No, oh, I'm glad. Anyway, that was my description of Yona Kanish.
0: Uh, Yonah Schimmel's Kanish play has been there for seventy-five years. Yona, if you want to sponsor a show, just uh contact us at uh, having st- been in there, I feel like <laughs> Yona
1: doesn't know what a podcast is, nor care what a podcast is.
0: <laughs> well, whatever the case, if one of his uh, one of his daughters I guess he doesn't have daughters, it's just Russ that has daughters. If anyone wants to send us a line, you can at sttncpod at gmail.com I actually gave the wrong email a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so oh a my prime god! Prime corrector for myself, um, or you can tweet us at Star Trek. The next at Star Trek. The next conversation. Did you find the phone number? Uh, I did, and uh, and you can also if you want uh, to leave us a voicemail. You can also look at our Instagram at at uh, Star Trek. Then oh, sorry, I've just done this wrong twice. It's at Star Trek TNC for both Instagram. And for uh, Twitter. At Star Trek TNC. At Star Trek TNC. Uh, Our Google voicemail is 323-834-8754. And uh, that is aftfitski, I think. He's taking a picture, so I'm pausing. We're going to have it on the...
1: uh, We'll put it on 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 the
0: Instagram. We'll put it on the Instagram. Um... And that's all i got, guys.
1: Cool. Andy, I'm out of here.
0: I really hope he didn't be over to on this because he's going to want his appetite. He's going to say, to have Disengage.